Uh, today's scripture on wisdom comes from 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. When the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom of Solomon and the palace he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, and the burnt offerings he made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told to me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jen. Hey, everybody. Uh, before I get into the message, something I have to say. I need to apologize. Uh, two weeks ago, I spoke incorrectly. I said, some of you remember, I said that Solomon built the, tip, the palace for himself before he built the temple for the Lord. And I got that from what is implied in 1 Kings chapter 3 and from my misreading of a commentary on that passage. But 1 Kings chapter 6 and 7, if they are to be read chronologically, which is a fair assumption, then Solomon built the temple first and his palace after that. So I am sorry for, for messing that up. I, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed about it. I know that you trust me to get these kind of things right. And it's not a trust that I take lightly. I take it very seriously. So I ask for your understanding and your forgiveness, and we'll keep trying. Let's pray. Holy God, you are all-knowing and wise. Teach us your ways. We seek your wisdom and insight. Give us knowledge and understanding. Pour out your wisdom upon us so that we can walk in the path you lay before us, knowing right from wrong, guarding ourselves against temptation and deceit. Fill us with your word, O Lord, so we may walk on the straight and narrow path, faithfully following you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, today uh, we are continuing our series, Walk in God's Wisdom. We're looking at Israel's King Solomon, who reigned during the 10th century B.C., uh, plus we're pulling in wisdom from the book of Proverbs and the New Testament. Where do you find your wisdom? I mean, there are a lot of sources out there you can look for, to for wisdom. We, we find little sayings here and there that we sort of latch on to. Uh, for example, uh, the, the weather and the stock market re recently have been going like this. 
And somebody might say, well, it is what it is. I'm not even sure what that means. And I'm not sure what genius came up with that saying, but it's amazing uh, because it's appropriate for any occasion. You can say that anytime. It is what it is. On Tuesday, I got a text from a local business saying that, that they were missing a $200 payment from me. And I'm not really sure what happened or how that slipped by me or whether I didn't get the billing or whatever, but I clearly owe it. So I wrote the check. It is what it is. This winter, we have had stink bugs in our house. Any of you else get them? Yeah, some of you? Yeah. Rarely a day goes by. We don't get one or two. They, they just seem to magically appear out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, our daughter was at our house and didn't realize that when a stink bug dropped into her water glass, she accidentally drank it. <laughs> oh, well, it is what it is. <laughs> and if Kansas City loses to Cincinnati today in overtime without getting a chance to put their offense on the field, what are you going to say? It's not fair. Or you can just say, say it with me, it is what it is. There are many sources of wisdom in the world, but in this series, we are looking to walk in God's wisdom. Of course, none of us does it perfectly. Uh, we never have all of God's wisdom. We're never fully wise. And that's today's message, never fully wise. One of my favorite profs in seminary was uh, Dr. John Oswalt. I have one of his commentaries um, as well. His lectures were full of wisdom. I mean, he had this ability to understand the, the grand narrative of Scripture and how all the pieces of the Bible fit together in it. And his lectures uh, were so profound. I mean, you just wanted to catch every word. Sometime later, I was surprised to learn that he had accepted a position as a college president. And I thought, this is terrible. Oswald doesn't need to be an administrator and a fundraiser. He needs to be a scholar and a teacher. Interestingly, he did not stay a college president for long. He went back to teaching seminary students. And actually, I had a chance to uh, ask him about it one time. And he just smiled at me and said he got it wrong. It can happen to any of us. None of us is ever fully wise. I'd like to share with you right up front now today the heart of the message. Here it is. Being wise in your own eyes is the road to ruin. Trusting in the Lord's way is the path of life. I hope you'll write that down, snap a picture of it, take it home, talk about it with your family, uh, discuss it in your faith group. Being wise in your own eyes is the road to ruin. Trusting in the Lord's way is the path of life. As I said before, we're looking at King Solomon today. So let's open our Bibles to uh, 1 Kings chapter 10. In the few Bible, you'll see it on page 343. Uh, Solomon has already by now developed an international reputation for the wisdom that God has given him. People are coming from nations across the earth to listen 
and learn from him. One is a queen hoping to establish trade with Solomon. She's called the Queen of Sheba. And I've read that Sheba would have been uh, the southern part of the Arabian Peninsula where Yemen is now. And uh, tradition says also uh, that she was an Ethiopian. Uh, interestingly, Ethiopian tradition also tells of an ancient queen, one of their queens known as the Queen of Sheba, who visited King Solomon. Isn't that fascinating? Today, the phrase Queen of Sheba can be used to describe anyone who is rich or at least spends money like they are, as in, as in she comes in here strutting like the Queen of Sheba. You know that phrase, Queen of Sheba? None of you, of course, right? Anyway, verse 1, here we go. When the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Now, we don't know uh, what the queen asked him. Her questions may have been philosophical or political or practical or all the above. Who knows? Her arrival, though, I think must have been quite a spectacle. You know, to see coming into Jerusalem on that day, she, was, she came prepared to impress. Verse 2, arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones. I can imagine her coming through the, the gate of the, the city gate of Jerusalem, sitting on an elevated throne carried by four super muscular guys. You know those guys, right? And uh, her, her braided black hair is bedecked with gold and, and jewels. Or at least if I was making a movie of it, that's how I'd set up the scene. By the way, there have been a few movies about this story. Uh, the first was a silent movie in 1921. And there were others, too, including one titled Solomon and Sheba in 1959, starring Yul Brenner and Gina Lola Brigida. Have any of you seen it? I've only seen the trailer, uh, but it, it seems obvious that it's more Hollywood than Bible. But anyway, the writer of 1 Kings tells us that none of the queen's questions were too hard for Solomon. She was also impressed by the opulence of his palace, the grandeur of all his servants, and his devotion to the Lord. And the end of verse 5 says... She was overwhelmed. Or you could translate it, it took her breath away. In verses 6 and 7, she gushes over Solomon. The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth you have far exceeded the report I heard. We know that later, uh, Solomon's heart turned away from the Lord, and I wonder if this is where it all began. When people fawn over you long enough, it's tempting to believe them. When you hear it over and over, it, it can be hard to resist, it can be intoxicating. 
And then the same thing happens today, I think, to, to famous people, politicians, billionaires, actors, sometimes even preachers. Maybe it was too much for Solomon. Maybe he began believing he was everything the queen of Sheba said he was. And as a result, he began relying on his own wisdom instead of God's. The book of Proverbs in the Bible is attributed to Solomon, and no doubt he wrote many of its wise sayings. I, I would imagine that, that some of Solomon's wisdom came from learning by learning from his mistakes. That's where a lot of our wisdom comes, doesn't it? Learning from our mistakes. And I wonder if that's the case in Proverbs 3. If he's looking back and gaining wisdom from when he messed up earlier. Verses 5 and 6 may be familiar to a lot of you. It's some of the most famous passage verses in, in the book of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. This right here, this is the heart of a biblical wisdom. If you are looking for a scripture to memorize from this series, you're not going to do any better than this one right here. So let's say it together, shall we? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Notice it says two things are mutually exclusive. If you trust in the Lord with all your heart, then you will not lean on or trust in your own understanding. But if you do lean on your own understanding, then you will not be trusting the Lord with all your heart. So it boils down to this. Will you trust in God's design or your own desires? Will you follow God's word or your own wishes? Now, Obviously, the Bible is not an easy book to understand. Let's be right up front about that. We all know that, right? It's old. It has many authors. It comes from cultures very different from our own. But if you really want to understand the Bible, here's where it starts, in the part where it says, in all your ways, submit to him. If you want to understand God's word, you must first commit to doing God's will. So let me say it again. If you want to understand God's word, you must first commit to doing God's will. When you submit your way to him, he will guide your path. Now you may not be as familiar with the following verse, verse 7, but it is our key verse for today. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Now, the first part, what does that mean, to be wise in your own eyes? Well, it probably means you're a normal, ordinary, stubborn sinner like the rest of us. You know, when, when, we, um, when we're wise in our own eyes, we're thinking, hey, I can figure, out, I can figure it out on my own. I'm going to do it my way, and I don't want anybody, even God, telling me what to do. The Bible also calls that having a hardened heart. But here's what we have learned, and sometimes through very painful experiences. 
Being wise in your own eyes is the road to ruin. Trusting in the Lord's way is the path of life. A few decades ago, I got a, a call from a neighbor who belonged to my church, and she asked if I would come over and, and talk with her family. So I did. I went over, and I sat in their living room, and I talked with, with her and their husband and their teenage daughter, and uh, we talked about his drinking and the harm that it was doing. Up to this point, he had been in denial about it, but that night, he was ready to talk, ready to listen. About midnight in the conversation, I, I volunteered to drive him to a treatment center about an hour away. I said, do you want to go now? And he said, you better take me while you've got me. And so we made the call, and we, he and I headed off for Valley Hope. You ask anybody in a 12-step program, and they will agree, being wise in your own eyes is the road to ruin. It's kind of like being in denial, and, and they'll tell you that their, their addiction deceived them and brought great harm into their lives, into others. Their only hope was to turn to God who would restore them to sanity. Trusting in the Lord's way was the way of life. And then verse 7 ends with the opposite of being wise in your own eyes. It says, fear the Lord and shun evil. Now, whenever I talk about fearing the Lord, uh, I get people who misunderstand. So I'm going to try to, to clarify this as best I can. When the Bible says to fear the Lord, it doesn't mean to be terrified of God, to be trembling every moment before a mean deity. Though I think that if I were suddenly brought before the, the full glory of God, I probably would be terrified. But you always remember what the angels say when they first show up. Fear not, right? Fear not. But the fear of the Lord is not that. Fearing the Lord simply means knowing that he is God and I am not. Right? God is the creator, I am the creature. God is powerful, I am weak. God is holy, I'm a sinner. God is wise, I'm foolish. God is a savior, and I need saving. And because he is God, and I am not, I humble myself before him. What went wrong with Adam and Eve? Have you thought about that? You know, there they are in this beautiful garden. God says, hey, look at all these fruit trees that I'm giving you, all kinds of different varieties, anything you could ever want. But there's one tree from which you must not eat. It will bring you death. And then a tempter comes into the picture and plants seeds of doubt in the mind, in their minds about God's intentions. And they begin to wonder, well, why can't I eat from this tree? I mean, look, its fruit looks delicious. It, well, how could God deprive me of something so beautiful? How could my desire for it be wrong? Am, am I not allowed to decide what's best for me? And they became wise in their own eyes. We sometimes call that the sin of pride. 
Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction. Pride precedes ruin. Let's say the heart of the message together, shall we? Being wise in your own eyes is the road to ruin. Trusting in the Lord's way is the path of life. Now, what does that mean practically? Think about how you spend most of your time. I mean, a lot of us, we're doing the things we have to do, right? We're getting stuff done. Do we have to get done? And then we do whatever we want to do, pretty much. I mean, we say, it's my time, I'll spend it however I wish. But what if you started letting God guide your use of time? What if you let him reroute your priorities, including how you spend your time? And I know some of you do that. For example, how much recreational screen time do you spend in a week? Any idea? Hmm? What games do you play? What videos do you watch? Uh, and, and are they draining and distracting you from being a deep, daring, daily disciple? You know, you've heard that you are what you eat. Well, I think it's also true that you are what you watch. Being wise in your own eyes is a road to ruin. Trusting in the Lord's way is the path of life. Let's imagine that you are hiking in the woods, all right? You're on a trail. And you come to a fork in the trail, and uh, to the left is a sign that says, My way. And to the right is a sign that says, God's way. One way, I'm in control, I'm in charge, I get my way. The other, I seek to the best of my ability uh, to let God be in control. Okay, now let's talk about money. Will you take the path on the left or the path on the right? One way is to to love money and all that it can bring and the good and the fun and and the privilege and, and all it can give me. And the other way is to love God. And to listen to him. You know, I was uh, really called recently when I, when I read of a woman who was sharing about how she and her husband pray over major purchases that they make. And, and I wonder, do you, do you pray over major purchases? Do, do you ask God for guidance in your spending habits? Being wise in your own eyes, thinking that you know exactly what to do, you're always right, Yeah, that's not going to end well. Trusting in the Lord's way is the way, is the path of life. Let's talk about sex just for a minute. You know, the way of the world teaches us to say, okay, only I know in my heart what's right for me when it comes to sexual decisions. I mean, the morality of the Bible, that's that's old, it's outdated. I know better because I live in the 21st century. Because we're way smarter now, right, in the 21st century? And I wonder, is God really so incompetent that he would not truthfully guide us in this area of our lives? 
I can't imagine that. I believe that through the scriptures, God clearly and adequately guides us even in our sexual decisions. The question is, can we trust it? Will we trust it? Being wise in our own eyes is the road to ruin. Trusting in the Lord's way is the path of life. I close with this. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Fortunately, many of us who have been on that that broad road and that wide gate have been have received grace we have been called back we have been restored and brought back to the path of life hallelujah let's pray together and i'm ask you to join your voices with me with the prayer that's on the screen let's pray holy god You are all-knowing and wise. Teach us your ways. We seek your wisdom and insight. Give us knowledge and understanding. Pour out your wisdom upon us so we can walk in the path you lay before us, knowing right from wrong, guarding ourselves against temptation and deceit. Fill us with your word, O Lord, so we may walk on the straight and narrow path, faithfully following you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.